Hi, this is Chelsea Vale. You have found the Whole Heart Podcast, a podcast for conscious parents who want to do things differently. Parenting the Whole Heart way is about love, connection, play, and raising our children naturally. It can get, at times, a little bit crunchy. Let's jump in. This episode is going to be about indirect messages that we send our children. Some of the things that we do, some of the thoughts that we share, some of the actions we take, even things that we have in our homes can be sending messages to our children without us even realizing it. And then of course, on top of that, we've got TV, video, movies, um, and even books that are sending indirect messages to our children. Some of you have books and movies that you go, oh, I can't wait for them to watch this or read this. This is hopefully going to inspire adventure and learning and be um, a great, you know, topic of conversation for us to really dive into. But there are other books that we read and we think they're just fluff and they're fun that could be sending a message to your child that you don't even realize is there. And I came across one of those the other day, kind of a, a, a bad apple, and I apologize to the author in advance if somehow they find out that this podcast, um, you know, is, is, you know, bad, bad mouthing their book. And I think they mean well. And I want to say that I think the author of this book meant well when they wrote this. Um, these books are, are a part of my childhood. I read the little critter books all the time when I was little. And this book by Mercer Mayer is a little golden book. It's got the little critter in it, which is a common character, especially if you're in America, you probably read these as well when you were little, but I was reading it to my kids the other night and I thought, Oh my God, I don't like this message. So I'm going to read the book to you the way that it's probably supposed to be read. And then I'm going to read to you the way that I ended up reading it to my children as I read ahead with my eyes and went, uh, I don't want to say those words out loud because this is not a message that I want for them to have. And then we'll dive into other things that we do in our lives that send indirect messages to our children that we're probably not even aware of. So this book is called Just a Bad Day. When I woke up this morning, it was raining. I knew it was going to be a bad day. I wanted a bowl of sugar crispies for breakfast, but the box was empty. I had to have oatmeal instead. I looked for my favorite shirt, but it was dirty. I had to wear a shirt I didn't even like. I wanted to watch cartoons on TV, but they were all reruns. This really was a bad day. So I decided to paint a picture, but my sister had left the tops off my paints, and they were all dried up. I wanted to play with my new truck, but my dad had stepped on it by accident and broken the wheel. So I decided to put my puzzle together instead. Some of the pieces were missing. This was a bad day. I asked mom if I could play in the rain, but she said it's too wet. So I let the dog in to play, but mom made me put him out back because he was too wet. I said, but I'm bored. Mom said, why don't you play a game with your sister? I tried to play cards with my sister. She threw them all over the room. Then we played chase, but mom made us stop because we were too noisy. Please play something that's a little more quiet, Mom said. So we colored in our coloring books. I got mad at my sister because she broke some of my crayons. She cried. Mom yelled at both of us. Boy, this really was a bad day. Then it stopped raining, but Mom wouldn't let me go outside because it was too muddy. And my baseball game was canceled because the field was too wet. This was the worst day ever. Then my dad came home. He had a surprise for me. It was a truck, just like the one he had broken. He brought my sister a surprise too. Today was just a bad day, but at least it had a happy ending. Okay, if you're like me, you're probably super annoyed at that book. 
I tend to think of myself as a very happy person, a very positive person, and I want my children to be the same way. And we've talked before in previous episodes about finding the joy in things, not being Pollyannas that pretend that nothing ever goes bad because it totally does. Some days just suck, but we always want to try to find the good, right? We've talked about reframing, even in the whole last season, we talked about re framing things for our children to find the positive, to find the lesson, to find the joy, to find something that was valuable and useful that we could learn from or love in everything that happened. And this book, not only does it complain and like every character in the book looks angry, they look sad, they look disappointed, they're frustrated, all of that, which are genuine real emotions. We don't want to ignore that those exist, but a lot of those things could be reframed It's a very American attitude to be like, oh, the toy's broken. Let's just throw it out. Or, um, yeah, the crayons are broken. I guess we can't really use them. Um, The puzzle's not working. Man, what else are we going to do? There are people all over the world that do not consider these things problems, and especially if it's raining. Like, I think about how I grew up in England. If it's raining, you just put on your rain boots. You just There's no bad weather. There's just bad weather clothing. And if you're a Waldorf mama, then you've heard Waldorf teachers and Waldorf books and uh, Rudolf Steiner talk about that, right? There's no bad weather. There's just bad clothing and there's unprepared people. But the weather is not a problem. The weather serves good. Rain is what waters the flowers. Dirt is what feeds the flowers in the sun. You know, we want our children to see joy in everything and see a purpose in everything. So when I was reading that book, I was like, God, this is just really crummy, really crappy, really negative. And then you get to the end and it's like, oh, daddy brought me a gift. Everything's better. Yay. And he owes me a gift because he broke it accidentally. So, you know, I just don't really like that message. And when I was reading it, I thought this is really like not a message that I want for my young children. So I stopped myself. (coughs) Excuse me. I stopped myself from reading those words, and I'm going to share with you how I actually read it instead. When I woke up this morning, it was raining. I skipped the part about it being a bad day. I actually never read that. When I woke up this morning, it was raining. I wanted a bowl of sugar crispies for my breakfast. We didn't have any, so I had oatmeal instead. I looked for my favorite shirt, but it was dirty. I wore a different shirt. I wanted to watch cartoons on TV. They were all reruns. I loved seeing things I'd seen before. I decided to paint a picture. My sister left all the tops off my paints. They were all dried up. Hmm, guess I'll color instead. I wanted to play with my new truck that my dad had broken by accident. Instead, I went ahead and did a puzzle. Some of the pieces were missing, but that's okay. I did the rest, and I really enjoyed my time. I asked mom if I could play in the rain. She said, it's too wet. I let the dog inside, and he was wet too. We were being really silly. Then I said, hmm, I wonder what else I can do. I decided to play with my sister. She threw my cards all around the room. It was so funny. Then we played chase. We were a little bit too noisy, so mom asked us to be a little bit quieter. We decided to color, and our crayons were broken. Oh, well, guess I'll just color with broken crayons. Then it stopped raining. All right, now I can play in the mud. My baseball game is canceled. I get more time in the mud? Then my dad came home and had a surprise for my sister and me. Today really was a great day. Okay, so I made up most of those words. None of those words are actually there. I read a little bit of it, and then I would read out of my eyes and go, oh, no, that's, like, too negative, right? And, again, it's not that we want our children to live in a bubble, and I certainly don't that, want that for my kids. We talk about disappointment. We talk about frustration. We talk about fears. I validate their feelings. Even when I don't understand it, I validate the feelings. And if you've listened to any of my previous episodes, you know that. I'm all about validating feelings. But I'm not going to 
read a book where everything that's just like common life occurrences are a reason to be angry, sad, or mad. Okay, let's find the joy in some of those. And if you saw the second time that I read the book, there is joy in all of those things. You can just go, eh, all right, we'll do something else. When I go out to a place with my kids, especially post-COVID, and the shutdowns, there's like weird hours and, you know, different expectations, different rules, reservations required. I mean, it's totally like you can't just be spontaneous anymore and just like show up somewhere for kids to play, right? So I always tell my kids, hey guys, this might be a great day to go to Phil's Ice House and get a cheeseburger and play on the playground. But because the germ is still in our world, we might not be able to go in and play on the playground. What should we say if we get there and the playground's closed? And they do it like on command. Oh man, guess we'll go somewhere else. And that's exactly what we do. Yeah, we acknowledge the disappointment and then we move on and we make a new plan and we find something else. Or we say, oh man, guess we'll just chase the birds. Maybe I could, you know, oh, good thing I've got a toy in my car. That's how my kids are. And if you're around them, you'll see that. You know, it'll be like, oh, my shoes are muddy. Hmm, good thing I've got another pair. That's the attitude that I want for them to have. And it's contagious and I want them to grow up that way. But if I start exposing them to these types of things, they're going to have that negative attitude where everything is crummy, right? Where they, they're like, oh, well, I guess I'll just have to do a puzzle. But okay, a lot of kids around the world don't even have puzzle uh, puzzles, you know? And if I have a puzzle, it's got broken pieces. Cool. Let's make a collage or um, let's see if we can find out what's missing. What if we could draw a picture and fill in the missing gap? I mean, there's a million different things that you can do with a broken puzzle that I'm not going to let that like ruin my day, you know? Um, so that story is just kind of an example of indirect messages that we send our kids. Um, another message is that, that I definitely came across when I was working in the hospitals that some people might not even realize, dieting and fashion magazines. Those are things that I don't really talk about in my home and have a lot of in my home. I'm very careful about saying, I'm eating things that are good for my body, okay? And I do that with my kids too. Like we give them good food. And the other day, by the way, they did have Taco Bell and donuts. I'm not gonna lie. But for the most part, we eat really, really well. We eat clean, we eat plant-based, we eat fruits and sprouts and veggies and yogurt and all kinds of good things. But I don't talk about it being a diet. I don't talk about it, you know, mommy's trying to lose weight or mommy wants to be thinner, anything like that. That's not a healthy thing that I wanna talk about in front of my kids. I always say, I eat food that's good for my body. I don't eat that because that makes my tummy feel sick. Those are things that I like to say because that's the message that I want them you know, to learn. If I have fashion magazines lying around my house for my boys to look at, those are very unhealthy images of women. And they're also very consumer-driven types of things. Um, they're seeing things, they're seeing, you know, homes they can't afford, places that we can't visit, um, you know, different b- women's bodies that are not actually like real women's body types. They don't look like the women that come over to my house and hang out with me and have chips and salsa and beer, right? Like that's not realistic images of real people that are in our lives. And a lot of the things in there, it's, it's, it's by this, um, Christmas time. I do not allow those magazines to come into the house where it's like, Hey, pick out what you want. That that's not, that's not my jam. And when we bring things like that into our house, we're sending the message that there are other things that you should be wanting and needing. There are other things that you should be aspiring to instead bringing in books about inventors, politicians, presidents, um, nurses, firefighters, teachers, um, entrepreneurs, bringing in, um, you know, real stories, autobiographies, um, things about science and discovery. Those are the types of things that we can be exposing our children to that play on their natural desire to be curious and loving the things that they're reading and be really careful about the messages that we send and other, other, you know, 
mediums like books and movies and music. Sometimes there are messages that I go, ah, I don't really like that, you know? Um, Disney, unfortunately, I've talked about Disney before, but they also have not just the Disney animated movies that sometimes have um, themes of disobeying the parents or, um, you know, way too much independence, um, you know, inappropriate images of, of the women and things like that. But if we really go into like the Disney TV shows like iCarly and some of the other ones where the girls are really catty with each other, and boys are name calling. There's always a bully. There's always a mean kid. And it's like, is that multi-generational? Does, does that continue? Or are we allowing it to continue by putting it out there in shows and movies and, and books and music that there's bullies? Like kids are not born naturally wanting to be mean. They learn that behavior. They, they watch these shows and they think, oh, okay, I get it. They're supposed to be a nerd, a bully, um, uh, this, you know, popular girl, they're supposed to be clicks. And, and, you know, if I'm not wearing the right shoes, then maybe I'm going to get made fun of like the kid in the show. Those are all things that kids internalize and pick up on. And we need to be really careful, especially as our children get a little bit older. And by older, I mean like three and four, um, because they pick up all of those things. And then those things they pick up at three and four become their habits at age five and six, and then become their personalities. Kids, personalities and temperaments are formed by age five. That's a fact. You can look it up. They are formed by age five. Can we change? Yes. Do we develop? Of course. But the basic temperament and personality is set. It evolves. It adapts. They learn different behaviors. They become better people, we hope, as they get older. But basic personality and temperament are pretty much set, okay? So we need to be really cautious about those formative years, that zero to four age, so that we have five-year-olds that are kind and positive and loving and independent. And a lot of that comes with the things that we bring into our home and the things that we expose them to, mostly the media um, that we have in in our lives and in our homes. We also might not realize it, but when we're talking about our children to other people, they are picking up um, on those things. Um, my kid's father, actually, we've just found out that his girlfriend is is having a baby. And I asked the kids, well, where are you going to sleep? And they said, well, we get to sleep in the dog's room and the baby's going to have our room. And I thought, whoa, that's like a perfect example of an indirect message that we might be sending our kids. Think about, you know, did you move your kids out of the room so that you could have a gym, right? Um, is their playroom now the home office? Well, then where's their playroom? And did you still make it special? Did you still make it a place that was just for them? Um, you know, all of us had to adjust our lives a little bit during COVID, but what did we do? Did we tell our children that they're, you know, third rate to everything else? Do we still find times time to show them that they're important? Do we still have a space that that's theirs? Um, if you are working from home and you did make a home office and you did have to take over the playroom, then what else are you doing to show your child that they're important? Do you have shelves that are at their level? Do you have their name on things? All of those are very simple things that, of course, we have to adjust with life and do what works for us and our families, but we still need to find time and ways to show our children that they're special. Um, I've been working quite a bit lately. I've been working 24-7, hence the fact that there's not been a podcast in a really long time. Um, but even when I, I knew one day that I looked at my schedule and I went, oh my God, I have like a 10-hour day tomorrow and the kids are with like my parents and then a babysitter and school and I'm not going to see them. And so I got up at like six in the morning and took them for pancakes. And that's the only thing that I did that day. And then I rushed home that night 
by about 6.30 because it was important to me to feed them dinner and put them to bed. And I didn't see them anytime in between there. I didn't get to call them. I mean, I FaceTimed, I think, for like 20 minutes. That's not common. That is so incredibly rare, like really rare. But it's so rare that I knew how weird it would be for them and how they might internalize like something is wrong here. I haven't seen my mom. Like she's busy. Does she love us? Where is she? And, um, I even had plans that night to meet a friend and I was like, I have been working like a crazy person. My kids are important. I don't want the message to them that I'm just going to come home, go to bed, change clothes, and then head out to party. I can't do it. I love this friend so very much, but my life had been so busy. And I thought, I might be sending my children the message indirectly, work is more important than you, my friends are more important to you than you, cleaning the house is more important than you, but it's not. None of that is more important. And my house is often a mess because if I have 20 minutes in my day or an hour in my day, I would rather be playing Uno than cleaning the countertops. Maybe that's something I can do when they're in bed. I would rather be building a rocket ship than doing the laundry. Sometimes I have to do a little bit of everything and I'm sort of multitasking all over the place, but I'm taking time, at least 30 second burst of attention, which is where I lean down, I look them in the eye, I put my hand on their shoulder and I listen to their words very intently, giving them all of my energy, all of my focus. And then I move back on to whatever it was that I was doing. And I promise you as busy as I am, my children have no idea. I've tried to send them the message and everything that I do that they are important and that they are valued. And sometimes it's not really just about the indirect messages, but it's also the way that we say things to them to give them the direct message, which is, I love you enough that I'm making this choice or this decision. Um, I had to take my kids today to a drop-in childcare place because their school is closed. This is really hard for me. If anyone knows, I mean, if you've listened for a long time, you know that like school, education, childcare, babysitters, those are things that I do not just make decisions on very lightly. I have a lot going on and I need childcare. And so I took them to a drop-in place today and I said, guys, I love you so much that I'm working today and I'm taking you somewhere where you get to play the entire day and I'm super jealous that I can't be a part of it with you. I'm going to be wishing I was here with you doing cool things all day, but instead I love you enough that I'm going to go work. The indirect message they would have gotten if I just dropped them off is where's mom going? She just wants to get rid of us. We're in this strange place. But rather than just drop them off and go, okay, guys, I know this sucks, but this is what we got to do. I took the time to let them know I love you enough that I'm going to work. And I love you enough that I just drove 35 minutes to drop you off at a place that I researched the hell out of to make sure that it was good before I made this choice. But we need to take that time. I love you enough that I'm going to take the time to bend down to your level, look you in the eye, smile at you, put my hands around you and tell you how important you are to me and why I make the decisions that I do. We send so many messages to our children. We send them indirectly with the things that we have in our lives, the decisions that we make, the actions that we take. We also send very direct messages with the words that we use talking to them, about them, to friends, to family, etc. But we also... Um, you know, we send messages by letting them know every day with the words, you are important to me. I love you enough that this is the decision that I'm going to make. I love you enough to say no. 
I love you enough to say yes. I love you enough to work. I love you enough. You know, those are the messages that we get from our kids and this helps to shape them. We need to take the time because it's important, right? If something is important, you make time for it. And we want our children to know that they are important and they are worth taking the time for. Everything else can wait. They are important. We can't make them number one all the time, but if that's not the case, we can explain to them why and let them know why you're the most important thing in my life. And that's why today I'm choosing work instead of doing a puzzle with you because you're so important to me that I want to be able to feed you. You are so important that I'm going to send this email to make a little bit more money to give you the food that you need for your growing body. Those are the things that I like to say to my children so that when I'm working, they understand it. I let them know what my goals are, what my priorities are, and how all of those things come together to provide for them and even to do the fun things, right? Even when I'm like at a museum or a zoo and I'm paying, I'm like, hey guys, remember all that work I did last week? Remember when you stayed with that babysitter that you didn't like? Um... I made money that day and that means we get to play together today. We get to have pancakes for dinner and we get to go to the park. We get to do that because you got to play with somebody else last week while mommy worked and this is what we get to do together today. And then we high five and it's like, good job team. Like we're all a part of this. We're all in this together, you know? Um, The best advice that I can give anyone that's going, oh my God, how how many of these things do I do? How many things do I not do, right? Look at your day. Okay, think about the things that you do with your child and without your children, your child throughout the day. Think about how might they be internalizing those things? What am I doing in the morning while they're having breakfast? I can tell you what I'm doing. I'm almost always checking my emails and I've decided the last couple of weeks, I was like, that's not good. I don't want to do that. So instead of waking up and taking my phone downstairs to breakfast with me, I turn off my alarm and I leave my phone upstairs and I go downstairs and I make a point to love on my kids, ask them about their dreams, give them snuggles, make breakfast. And then I drink coffee listening about their plans for the day, because that is something that when I took stock, I went, that's not good. Okay. Take stock of your day. Where are you giving them the indirect message? You're not important. Or where are you sending them the message? Work is more important. Or my friends are more important. My fitness is more important. That one's a hard one for me because fitness is so incredibly important to me. But there have been times lately where I've had to go, nope, I don't even have time to work out. I'm going to use my two hours of free childcare at the gym to go to the cafe and work so that I have the hours free in the afternoon to focus on my children. And I'm going to have to skip my workout today. That one's hard. And it's not really about skipping self-care. That's not what I'm advocating for. But it is just really taking stock, looking at your day, looking at your week, looking at your month and going, what can I do differently to make sure that my child is getting the message that they are important? What are the things that I have in my house that might be sending them the message that materials or looks or greed or food or vacations are more important than them or than the other things that I that I want to prioritize in my life. Um, some of you may have a vision board. What's on your vision board that your child might be seeing every day? What kind of art do you have in your home? What kind of furniture do you have? What are the rules? Are Is the furniture something that a child can't sit on, can't play on? Are there tons of rules that go with that? Is there a place where they can play safely and freely and uninhibited? Um, is there a backyard space that they can play in? Are they included in things around the house? Is their name on anything? Is there anything that's their size? Um, do you have all of their toys 
tucked away in in an adult bin that, you know, maybe they're not allowed to touch, only you can get that down. What message are we sending them when we do things like that? This isn't really your space or you're too messy, you're too loud, you're too cluttered, you're too inferior, you're too weak. We send that message when we don't have space available to our children that's just theirs, that in that space or in that box or in that at that table, there's no rules. There's just you and everything that you do in this space is is allowed and is okay and is welcome. Um, we could be sending the indirect message that you're too much, um, your mess is too much when we start to disguise things about about their lives, their, their toys, or when maybe they're you know, their room looks more like a guest room than a child's room, right? Um, do we hang their pictures or do we tuck it away in a box? Do we put up their artwork? Do we, you know, what, what messages do we send them? So take stock in those things. And again, I'm not trying to point fingers. Guys, I struggle with so many of these things. And the busier I get, the more I have to stop and look and pause and go, okay, what can I do better? What can I change to be sure that I'm always sending the message to my children and to other children? Um, I hear you. I see you. I understand. And I care. Those are the messages that we want to send our children and that this life is beautiful. You have a place in it. Your life is valuable. I value you. Um, nothing is more important than love, right? If those are the messages that we're sending every day, if that's the message that you want to live by, think about what's your message? What do you live by? What's your mantra? What are your priorities? What do you live by? What's your, your focus? Take stock of those things and then do your very best to be sure that your life is a reflection of those priorities and of those goals and your children will follow suit and adjust to those things and make those things important to them as well. As they grow older, those things might change. But as they're little, your priorities, your wishes, your goals will become theirs. Thank you for listening. Be well. If you have not yet been to my website, um, please go to wholeheartcrunchyparenting.com. If you want to go to YouTube and check out some of my parenting videos, I've got some great um, tips and tricks, um, some of them very real-life examples that I've recorded in the moment, very raw of me and my kiddos and some parenting strategies that I would love for you to be able to apply successfully in your own life. Um, You can find those by going to YouTube and searching Chelsea Vale Whole Heart Parenting. Um, You can also find me on Instagram if you're interested in getting to know me and my kiddos a little bit better and following our daily lives and our story. Um, I also have some great quotes and mantras to live by and make a part of your daily lives if you're into being a spirit junkie with me and recognizing that the universe has your back and this life is beautiful if you want it to be. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Be well.